VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. citizens of Earth and all beings, both extraterrestrial and interdimensional. My name is Danny Roth, and this is Who Won the Week, Sci-Fi Wire's podcast dedicated to the top stories from the week in geek. As always, I am joined by my co-hosts, my friends, producer for Sci-Fi Blast and the Blurred Girl, Karima Horn, and Sci-Fi Wire's own editor-in-chief, strapping young man, Adam Swiderski. Oh, hi, Danny. How you guys doing? Hey there. How's it going? How's everybody doing? It's been yet another epic week where a lot of things have gone on. It, it, several. It's weird how yeah. things happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like there's some kind of progression of from the beginning time. Yes, to the end strange. of a... Yeah. Just like that. This uh, is definitely one of those weeks, though, that I'm happy to be a geek and happy to have the... <laughs> fiction to escape into. Yeah, but there's yeah, there's and there's <laughs> been some good stuff. There's been tough. some there's been some pretty cool escape stuff. There's also been some serious stuff, which we'll talk about a little bit. We've got Golden Globes, uh Star Trek, Black Panther, Black Widow. Uh but first, what's going on? The Tranya. The Tranya. The Tranya. We should I just refer to it from that. Yes, yes. I. <laughs> anyway, um what's going on with you guys this week? What are you into? Karma, what's going on? I am I'm into a lot of different things. Um actually I'm getting ready to to actually do a sci-fi snapshot takeover at the Black Comic Book Festival up in Harlem at the Schomburg uh Center, um, which is actually part of the New York Public Library, which means if you go to the Black Comic Book Festival, which starts today, it is free. It is free to the public. So um it's actually a celebration of all things indie, actually. It, it, yes, it is called the Black Comic Book Fest, but there's all, all types of creators there, and I've gone for several years. I've actually covered it, and this year, I actually have my own panel, and I'm going to be running around with a camera. <laughs> so I'm actually really, really psyched about it, and I'm getting a chance to meet and talk with Florence Kasimba of um, Black Panther. For those of you who don't know her name, she is the uh, Dora Milaje who is um, T'Challa's basically bodyguard in Civil War that faces off with Natasha and says, move, or you will be moved. <laughs> or you shall be moved, rather. So, yeah, and she's, it's, it's actually, I'm really excited to meet her, and I'm really excited to, um, for once, not actually just be a spectator going in, but also, like, a participant in the event. So, so wait, the interview that you're doing, is that a thing that is part of the con, or you, is that something that's going to be released later? It's something that's going to be released later, I think. Like, it's literally something that just happened. Okay. <laughs> so, um, hopefully, you guys will either, um, you'll definitely see images of her, hopefully, as I run around the event. But you'll also uh, hopefully get that interview from me in some way, shape, or form. Next week, I'll be able to tell you guys exactly what and you'll, it is. And you'll see some of it on, if you follow Sci-Fi on Snapchat, mm-hmm. you'll see some of it. And for the people that are going to be there, what is the name of the panel you're doing and what time and where is it? Well, first of all, it's Saturday. So today, the panel starts today. I mean, sorry, the event starts today and it's today and tomorrow. But my panel is actually the last one of the day tomorrow. Um, and it is called Black Comics in the Digital Community, How Black Geekdom Has Taken Over Social Media. I did not write that long title, but I was told that we had to make yeah, it a little more like sexy. That sounds like a title I would write. You should add Karima Horns I to know, the I know. <laughs> um, and it's going to be in the Langston Hughes Auditorium, which is like the only main auditorium there. You can't miss it. Um, at 545. And, uh, but you should come to this event anyway. Even if I, I hope everybody can come to the panel. But if you can't, just definitely come out. And also, it is one of the few comic book conventions that I tell people, you can bring your kids there's a lot of stuff for kids there. And um, but comic books aren't for kids. Yeah, no, right? They're for yeah. angry adults. <laughs> we all know this. And there's, uh, there's, like I said, it's, yes, it is the black comic book convention, but there's um, Latinx creators, there's Asian creators, there's LGBTQ creators, there's, it is really like truly one of those conventions. And the fact that it's free in New York. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. That does so, not really happen. No, I know. Cons are expensive in general and enormously expensive here. Exactly. But Su- because support your public local library, exactly. by the way. <laughs> uh, I know it's not everything's a tax write off anymore, but still, um, 
give some money to the library every year. My wife and I try to. It's a good thing yeah. to do. Yeah, so you can get events like this. Yeah. So that is what also I'm Also a great source about. for reading comic books, the library. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, so that's very exciting. Uh, I hope everybody that can get there will get there. Uh, Adam, what's going on with you this week? Well, I did my laundry. And, <laughs> good work, good work, good work. Uh, yeah, and I, it's hard to follow that. That, that. That is a super exciting weekend, and I have no plans that exciting. I did recently experience a, a horrible trauma, oh, no. which was that the hard drive in my PlayStation 4 died. Oh, my wow, God. Already? And other tales of woe. That is, um, wait, that is really is scary to me personally. Yeah, it's only like, I guess, three years, maybe? Two, three oh years? Because I, I got mine on... On launch, yeah. and I'm going to tell you, if my hard drive dies, then I will not have um, that little uh, game that came out, that little preview, PT. Oh, yeah. Because once wow. you lose it, yeah, it's you gone forever. Back, you should I, back Because it only up, comes honestly. with the initial... No, it's because they, they took it off the store because the right. game's never getting made. There was a huge falling out with Konami and Hideo Kojima and all this other so, stuff. Anyway. But no, so uh, and, uh, reading, I, honestly, I would suggest you back it up because what I have heard, what I read after looking this up when it happened is that this is not an uncommon thing for the factory hard drive that came with the PS4. So I did replace it, which is good, and... One of the things that came out of that was that I had to re-download a lot of the games that I had already bought from the PlayStation Store because I don't buy hard copies of digital media anymore for for various reasons. And, you know, you kind of have to pick and choose. And so I got back into XCOM 2 from Firaxis, which is, for those not aware, a turn-based strategy game in which you lead an, a resistance against an alien occupation of Earth. It's a sequel to a very popular game, XCOM Enemy Within, or Enemy Unknown, I'm sorry, Enemy Within was an expansion to that. But, um, and Enemy Mine was a movie. Was a great starring movie. Starring Dennis Quaid and You're Mickey Mouse. Jr. What is wow. this? Yeah. You're Mickey Mouse. It's a big that. stupid. I was ready. It's yeah. a big stupid. Anyway, uh, but man, XCOM 2 is a great game, and I suggest everyone play it. Uh, it's. Basically, like you have this turn, you have this larger level where you're kind of building your base, and you have to respond to certain threats all over the place. And then there's a tactical game that takes place on like on the battlefield where you have your guys and you have your squad, and you send them out on these missions to fight aliens. And uh, the fun thing is the most, and what everybody says, there's a couple of fun things. One, uh, the difficulty is very high. There's no like if characters die, they die. You know, you can also set it to Iron Man mode where there's no saving, which I can't do because I'm not a masochist. But I- <laughs> yeah, but um, that's like those. But you can also you can customize right after ten seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can customize your squad, and you can make them look like your friends. You can give them the names of your friends, or whatever names you want. And uh, so it's a lot of fun because you do that, and then you get very invested in these characters as they progress from mission to mission, and they get new abilities, and they they go through battles, and you know you have your memories with that guy. I remember when he saved the entire squad from you know, certain doom with this one thing. And then that guy croaks in the next mission and you feel it in such a way that, especially if it's named after one of your friends. Oh, you know? geez. yeah. So, uh, I'll be taking you guys out on missions and hopefully you'll survive. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. need to, see, I want screenshots. Yeah. I need to see. Uh, it's, it's, always, yeah. and then, you know, they, they put up, there's like a, back at your base, there's a memorial wall for all the people who've died and you're just like, Oh, Karama, oh, I remember oh, no. all oh. the missions we went on together. <laughs> Or, like, it's just, like, sometimes they'll go down, like, you know, a boss where that the, that person went down saving and while saving everybody else evacuated. Like and, then, and then other times, <laughs> someone will miss, like, a 97% shot of see, an Adam alien seems, that's Adam standing right next nice, to them. Meanwhile, and like, right. when the podcast's off, you know, right. he's putting the name so you die. He's like, you know, like, yeah. like I got blood issues. Like, you know what I mean? I just send them and I send all my, my enemies into perfect, into uh, yeah. impossible situations. But no, so, it's, it's. So basically, he's basically his virtual avatars of us at home that he shoots and kills yeah, every right. night. I feel no, so I much safer make, I like now. to make heroes of my friends. And that's the. I am so, like, this is the thing with the Callister. Like, I. Heroes are martyrs. It's a very. When I. No, a very fine line. And this is the thing when we talked about when USS Callister came out. I have always had great sympathy for video game characters, mm. NPCs. I don't like, you know, I'm it's always true, the nice true. guy in the game. So, like, when if it happened, I always do my best to preserve life in digital form. And when it get when it, that person has to die because of the the course of war, you're against selling alien. it now. See, I would believed it, and then no, yeah, I no, we're, we're both locked it. in a dungeon yeah, yeah, somewhere. Our avatars are locked in a dungeon somewhere. I, have, I believe I have none a of this. Spot, I have a spot on the floor that's like constantly wet from where I'm pouring one out. Ah, every time. That's terrible. No. So anyway, he's, he's going to go home. He's going to be like, 
Mr. Roth. Like, exactly. get down on your knees. No, no. <laughs> wait no, a minute, wait a minute. No, no, no. That's not he has, his room is like, did you see the new the new trailer for Pinhead? The new I did, I did. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't, but I'm oh, going to assume no. that's an insult and I take great offense. But it does sound like that actually is a really good game, especially for people who want to construct their worlds as opposed to a lot of the games out now that's here everything's done for you just yeah. press the buttons yeah and it's I mean it's cool because you start <laughs> press out press F to pay respect exactly yeah. <laughs> you start out without a lot of technology and then you steal their guns and you reverse engineer it it's all very cool so XCOM 2 available for consoles and PC yeah everyone should check that out check that out it's fun but back up your PlayStation well and I guess that's we're done talking about what we're into this week so let's wow oh I'm sorry I Whoa. didn't see you there you didn't? You I guys, am very You guys tiny. did not see, because this is a so podcast, you did. couldn't see the darkness and the shade that That's went across right. the room. Massive amounts it. of shade. <laughs> That's okay. It's That's like all right. more shade than they have at Home Depot. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Anyway. Hey, Danny. Hey, Adam. What are you into? So, thank you so much for asking. I just thought I'd ask. I don't know. Yeah, it's, there's no structure to Wild. it. Wild. Um, you know, I have to say, it's not often that I can go to a hashtag on Twitter and just be happy all day. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Yes. Um, but yesterday, very suddenly and unexpectedly, I looked to the left of me and saw the trending topics, and one of them was Black Hogwarts. And I said, please just let this be what I think it is. Please, please just let it literally just be that. Just let it. It and, was just epic for no reason. It was. So, all right. <laughs> so he, I don't know for sure. Either one of you can feel free to corroborate this, but I'm pretty sure I know why this started. And I believe it started because somebody discovered this information is out in the world, which is Cardi B's real name. Oh, you know what? Funny. I, it's funny. I don't know if it's that or the um, there's a there's a couple of comedians who did a whole were pitching a comedy thing that was about Black Hogwarts and they couldn't get it. Picked up, and I and I also I saw that. that. Came sec- I thought that came second. I thought okay. after so the after Cardi it started B? trending, those guys posted it's like, posted. "Hey, okay. by the way, I mean, we like, did here's, this. here's what I'll yeah. say: like, what is Cardi B's real name? Cardi B's real name is Belcalis Almanzar. Right, and which, everybody thought she was Slytherin, basically. Yeah. It one hundred percent sounds like <laughs> you know what I mean. Like the next time she's making money moves will be down Diagon Alley. Is all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like. So, uh, but yeah, that was, they did a number of things. My favorite one was, in fact, uh, it says, sorting do-rag, you bougie, ignorant, and petty, Slytherin, <laughs> so good, so satisfying. But that was, a, was you know, uh, it's- Oh, I had a, I had a bunch. There, there was- Oh, yeah, what were your favorites? No, there was, well, oh my God, there were so many. Um, I, I just think, I think the thing that actually was my favorite was one girl who was like, when you've been a- Harry Potter fan your whole life and your family does not understand and you see all these other black people that are like fans too she was like I'm literally sitting at my computer crying and I thought that was so sweet because when social media works you do find community <laughs> when when people are not being horrible to each other yeah that you, is the power you that really can find community and I thought that was just the sweetest out of all of the things I saw that was really moving because she was like these are my people <laughs> But also the power of shade. If you if you if you want to talk about shade, the the best shade of all. Oh, the um, prince the, one. Oh no, it wasn't even that one. No, the best one was Dolores Umbridge, and it was Omarosa. Yes. Yeah, I saw that one. That was good. Oh, so sad. Like, and then Will Smith messing up in potions class. Like, so so good. Uh, it was definitely it, it it at the very least won my whole day um, because yeah, this week has been stressful in a number of ways, and that just took. All of it away for a few hours. Just scrolled for a while. It did. And I mean, even now, I'm just kind of clicking through. I mean, literally, if you have if, if, if you have nothing to do this weekend, I would just sit down and scroll through. Because basically, it's what everybody says and a qualifying meme to go with it. That's the yeah. other thing. The gifts just that are, that are epic um, to go along with it. Yeah. Um, it, was a great, it was a great trending topic. And also, I, someone really should make it. Like, how is this not a reality? It was so good. It was really literally but one of the JK, most satisfying JK Rowling funny things. did respond. She actually said, like, I see it and I love it. And yeah. this is amazing. And also, not for nothing, she's actually been a pretty um, staunch purveyor because, like, on Broadway, when the, the show was done, she recast and Hermione was black. And, of course, the internet right. lost their damn minds. And so... She's always been a proponent of like, I never said they could be whatever they want. Like, I don't, 
who, who, you know, I'm the writer. If I'm telling you I don't have a problem with anybody being anything in my own story, why do you? And so I think um, of all the stories, even though the way the movies were cast, people were saying they weren't that diverse, although I do think the later ones got, you know, better at that casting. Um, I just think it was fun. And I do, even if it's a Saturday Night Live skit, I just want to see something. Yeah. <laughs> no, and this is what I think, uh, you know, I, like what you just said about social media absolutely resonated with me. It's like, this is what social media kind of started out as. Yes. It's like, let's, here's a, let's all have a bunch of fun online with our friends and before everybody started being angry at each other all the time. Yeah. So it's nice to occasionally so it's nice be able to, to yeah. get back to that. Yeah. So that was what was winning my week. And, uh, and now we've got. A bunch of big topics that we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to start on the Golden Globes and then go into Star Trek and a couple other things. Before we talk about Golden Globes, I want to acknowledge a topic that we're not going to talk about that in some ways has a relation to Golden Globes. Uh, and that is some of the allegations that come out about Stan Lee. This is a conversation just to like show you what's happening behind the scenes. Like We were in the back of a cab, Adam and I, and we had a conversation about it. And I think we realized that there was not going to be sufficient time for us to be able to prepare and then have the nuance to have this topic discussed this week in a way that we were going to be satisfied with. This is something that we take very seriously. The weight is on our shoulders, and and it's something that we're thinking about. Just because we are not going to tackle it this week, just because it stays in the back of the cab this week, does not mean that it will stay there forever. So that's what I have to say about that. It's like my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Let's talk about the Golden Globes, which had some genre winners and some genre people who were present that should have won. Um, Karima, how did you feel about it? I mean, like, there was a lot of stuff that kind of came out of that night. There was a lot of very strange... <laughs> okay, let me let me preface this by saying, because this is also my personal opinion in here, too. I do not think that James Franco should have won, because... I think Daniel Kaluuya did an amazing job, and there was a big argument. And I'm talking about Get Out versus um, the oh the disaster the artist? disaster yes. artist. Now I do just want to preface the the movie The Disaster Artist is about a person that I am not a fan of. So that also I will say I, I am I am jaded. I, I'm not being objective. I'm being very clear on that. But I also got into several discussions with people who felt that James Franco did this transformation into this character, and I'm like. Kalua was transformed too, but because you yeah. physically didn't see it in makeup and hair, I think yeah. people are not seeing that transition. But that is just my personal thing. So I, all I'm saying is Kalua was robbed. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. <laughs> but um, in terms of some of the other characters, I was actually surprised because I actually expected Shape of Water to win for Best Picture. I really did because despite my opinions of it, and you guys heard what I thought about it on the um, on the show i didn't hate it i just th- thought it could have been written a little better but I, I always find it strange when a movie wins for best director and not for best right. picture i always thought that was just a really odd thing well and i mean that the director of the best picture wasn't even nominated for best director was very odd as well yes it right. sure it was you, it makes it feel like it's <laughs> it's political. such a what's what is yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, so yeah, this, these are sort of the two big topics, right? The Shape of Water won for Best Director. Guillermo del Toro um, has not, yeah, it's it's sort and of a long Get overdue. Get Out just wasn't funny enough him. to win Best Comedy. Good grief. And uh, also, and that, honestly, I it's funny. I've been, try, I've been trying to figure that one out, too. But it feels like the production company was behind where it was placed because they felt they weren't going to f- win in other categories, which is why they put it in musical or comedy. Mm. I just, yeah, I don't and know what to say I, about I, any of it. And, and that's again, not the Golden Globes' fault. I really think that's the production company's right, fault. Right. I really, I mean, you know, this is this is like the the double ghettoification of something, though, because it, yeah. it's not just that you know, it's not just that it's horror. It's not, and it's also that it's you know, it's compounded by the fact that this is this is a black director and writer with we you know, with a with a large black cast dealing with this you know this huge issue. Um, that was that was the thing, right? Is that there's like this series of very awkward moments that happened over the course of the night, right? Because for the one it was great, like when, it was like when Casey Affleck won last year for over Denzel Washington, yeah, for, it was like, really, really. Right. 
And the, the thing is, it's like it would come in waves because you got one because it was like there was basically like Nicole Kidman had a nice speech. Yes. Oprah, Oprah was there and gave really? the speech to end all speeches. I don't know if Wait, you heard. Oprah, Oprah gave a speech at the Golden Globes? Wild. I know. Uh, but it and, had and Oprah, happened. So quickly forgotten. Oprah gave a speech that wasn't cut off while, while Guillermo was like, you could stop playing that music. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> it was, that was interesting. I think it was unfortunate that it came right after Natalie Portman came out and were like, here's the male nominees. But yeah, it was... Man, I loved that moment. I'm so sorry, it was, I'm not now, mad was it at her. scripted or not? Was oh no, it? I don't think that was scripted. I think well, I think I she know. had it in the, in her head, but I don't think it was in, oh, on the teleprompter. You never know. Ron Howard's reaction look, did not yeah. look like it was scripted. Yeah, and, and it like, oh my god, the cuts to every director that they were showing as they were naming the nominees and how abashed they looked. Y- yes, that was that, that was, was a pretty good moment. Wow, I, I mean, just as uh, both for what it meant and just as like a moment of chaos in a normally very controlled environment, um, was was impressive. Yeah, I yeah. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there. I hope that I hope that Seth Meyers, a man who who uh, is a part of our company, NBC Universal, will not get mad. But the most awkward moment of the whole night for me actually was the joke that he made. Um, to 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 no no. Seth Meyers made a oh, joke Seth at the top Myers, yeah. to uh, Daniel Kalia Kalia. Yeah, Kalua. Ba- ba- Kalua. Boy, it's there. okay. <laughs> Boy, all right. Nobody can say my name who's, either. It's who's fine. awkward now? It's me. <laughs> anyway, he he made a, a joke wherein he was like, "Oh, Get Out is this movie about you know this this young black man goes to an, like a, a bunch of old white people and it turns out they're there." And he's like, "Oh my god, it's a trap! Get out!" And they just went right to Daniel and like, you know who wasn't laughing? Him. You know who else wasn't laughing? Me. Not funny. It was not that like I'm not trying to be Seth mean. Meyer, Seth Meyers is really Seth Meyers. usually. <laughs> The thing is, Seth Meyers is usually on it. Like, I really, I have a lot of respect for him. That joke was mm, not great. Not great. It felt very fun. And, and I hope, I hope that we can learn from it because they're like, I understand humor is a thing. I understand we make jokes about the movies and like we want to have a lighthearted good time. But like, you know, Get Out was made for a reason. And if you go into a room and don't feel like there's a lot of familiar faces to make you feel safe in a space, it is scary to the point where you feel like you could be taken out. Like, it's not. That's not a joke. And I think Pers- and, my and personal a, opinion. And it. also, I and I encourage people who have haven't seen the movie or who have seen it once, watch it again because the second time and third time around, you see other things. There's yeah. other. There's so many symbols and things in the movie you cannot catch it in the beginning. But here's and it's this, just a good movie. It's I mean, good, it's well made. Even it's if, even not that I would ever want to divorce it from any of the commentary because that's such a critical part of what it is. But it's just such a good tight story. Oh my god, it's so good. That movie deserved a lot better than it got at the award. And I, I hope. I, mean, I hope. A, a, the, agree. I mean, the good thing is that it's you know years from now, years and decades and generations from now, when people look back at this time, just as we always do, we look to the stories that really defined a moment. And I have no doubt in my mind that Get Out is going to be one of, if not the film um, of this I, time. And that, I honestly think, and because I know people that are actually even using the film in in classes in sociology study departments and things like that and i think that and 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 in and of itself is amazing because that's forcing change but there's there's movies that we that when they first dropped that came out weren't that big of a deal or people didn't think they were that big of a deal and then later i wasn't blade runner one of them like wasn't it yeah, like blade not flopped. like and i'm not yeah. comparing blade runner and get out but i'm just saying that you know it's yep. one of those things that people are now like what are you talking about this is this is film dynasty. This is gold. I, th- I hope that in 20, 30 years, people are saying that and, and get that, you know, it gets the cult following it deserves. I don't even think it's a cult. I mean, the movie was a success at the box it office. Was. So yeah. it didn't, you know, it's not like it was something that came and went and I'd be willing, willing to bet stacks of money that, that it I, will be. I honestly feel that like in 50 years or 100 years, there's going to be a textbook. It won't be a book, obviously. Um, somewhere. <laughs> That's literally going to have the time that we're living in. And this is going to be one of those blips of things like mm. the, the president we have and all the different things that are happening. Like, I really think yeah. that this is going to be that movie is going to be part of it. Absolutely. Uh, anyway. All right. So that that was the golden. But wait, golden, 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 I, I also want to I mean, we should we mentioned it briefly in passing, but Guillermo del Toro winning best director for Shape of Water was really nice. Yep. yep. He has not gotten that kind of recognition before. Yep. Oh, we should and, also acknowledge um, Coco winning um, yes. for uh, yeah. best animated. Yeah, which as someone, both of as musical people, uh, I think we can appreciate. But again, I mean, Guillermo's speech about like monsters and what they say about us and how he, you know, has always looked on them, I thought was a really profound moment for those of us who do get meaning out of science fiction and stories that people 
often dismiss as pulpy or, you know, shallow entertainment, that there actually is a depth there that can be explored. And I, you know, I know we all kind of have our different opinions of Shape Water. I personally really loved it and, and thought that it did that really well. And, and it's beautiful. And, it was yeah. beautifully yeah. shot. Like, yeah. I, I do not doubt that at all, actually. I mean, and that's why I wasn't surprised that he won for Best Director and yeah. why I was shocked that he did not win. For the, it did not win for Best um, Picture. I mean, the um, Handmaid's Tale, I, I, I kind of, I mean, I thought that might be something else that might win. But mm-hmm. obviously, um, the star of that, show one and that's also riveting but it's very interesting how for like someone was saying but we have to look at these all these amazing things we have a mexican you know american director that won and coco is a you know a mexican film and oprah gave a speech and we have all these women that are they're speaking it's like yes but at the same time yep get out as a musical yeah (laughs) so i I feel like well i want to concentrate on the positive yeah but every now and then it's like oh man i think it's the thing is that you get it it's the problem is that in our discourse we have we we tend to deal in extremes it's great, or it sucks. And it's like, no, listen, some strides were made. We're not where we were 10 or 15 years ago, and that's great. But it, we're not there yet. You know what I mean? And, and there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. And I think that you can say both of those things and have them exist in the same reality. You know, like, yes, some good things happened, and some good things were acknowledged, and some people who got recognition who should and probably wouldn't have, you know, a while ago. But. Also, Get Out was in Best Comedy Musical, and and yeah. you know it's like a lot. There were and the, you know, I tended to see this pattern where you get you know your one or two person of color nominees, and then they wouldn't win. You know, so it's like most of the time. So I, yeah, I think like both the, of those things are true. We're like better the, off than we were it's in like the past. The Knicks in the fourth quarter. Yeah. We're here. Yay! We made. No, you didn't. Yeah. Oh, still, still. <laughs> a quarter, yeah. Still time to go. So still work to do. Anyway, yeah. But the but the future has possibilities. And speaking of futures that are a little bit brighter but still complex, Star Trek Discovery has returned at, at, and is now. Uh, and we're going to be talking about this tenth episode, this mid season premiere in detail. So if you haven't watched it, just be aware that we're going to be talking about some spoilers. spoilers. But um, yeah, episode dropped, and they are in that dark mirror mirror universe just, that we have gotten to know across a couple other series. I just want to say before I forget to say this that I was right. <laughs> That's all I want to say. <laughs> I was right about the Klingons. Um and my my Battlestar Galactica sleeper agent <laughs> um concept. That's all I want to, you know, mention, but there's for every I will say that this um there's been a lot of talk about different um episodes and how dark that this season or this this iteration of star trek is but this is the first episode that i felt was like damn like well yes yes <laughs> so like, let's yeah let's i mean let me give a quick overview mm-hmm. uh of some of the facts and then we'll talk about them so this episode is called despite yourself it is directed by former star trek actor and former star trek director jonathan frakes number uh, one yes number one it is an episode where in this the cast and crew of the intrepid Discovery find themselves in a mirror, mirror not universe. Intrepid. Oh, is it not? Uh, no, I don't know. Discovery. Okay, it, that's the this name. Is another ship. Show? Anyway, forget no, it. I said I said <laughs> the intrepid ship, the Discovery. Good <laughs> okay. grief, man, coming for me. Uh, all right, so they're in the mirror, mirror universe, um, and poor Tyler is starting to come apart at the seams, realizing that he is not who he believes himself to be. And as Michael Burnham has to sort of figure out what they're going to do in this parallel world and find a way back, uh, unfortunately, um, Tyler slash Volk ends up uh, killing uh, the doctor and one half of the first gay couple in the history of Star Trek. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say appears to have killed, and 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 I and I have theories on that, but I will okay, and we, you... and we will, and we will get to it. But yeah, I mean, and then he escapes the ship before anybody finds out, and he's off now with 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 Michael and Lorca, uh, and that is where we leave things pretty intense, and definitely for, I think one of the most powerful episodes of the show so far. It is, and for all intents and purposes, just to clarify something about Ash, he is misfiring. Basically, yeah. his his programming is broken. Because even um, Laurel thinks that with her particular code words, she, she should be able to, at this point to snap him out of it. And she can't. 
So either where they are in the mirror universe to stop that from happening or there's something else going on. But his programming is glitching. I have a sneaking suspicion for what it is, mm-hmm. and it's a little Stephen Moffat-ish, but I think it's the power of love. Aww. I think it's because they don't Huey say Lewis they don't was say right all along. They don't say the the words, but you know, they have a conversation, him and, and, and Michael. Yeah. Where and they talk about how they're going to protect each other, and it is clearly code because neither of them feels comfortable saying the word love, but that is clearly what they're saying, and I think that's the reason why. But that's his new personality, and the, and the old personality is fighting that, and so literally you have not just a Klingon who's been now not just reprogrammed but remade. They like they changed yeah, they his, crushed bones. his bones. Like uh, I'm trying to think of uh, the movie that um, did that face off. <laughs> yeah, face-off was one of the... You've got a yeah. very face-off situation here. <laughs> Except they remembered their own no, I know, I minds know. and stuff. Yeah, it, it was... Um, yeah, he should. they should put on Papa's Got a Brand New Bag. That's right. right. And he can smoke a cigarette. <laughs> so, yeah, no, he's... It's it's traumatic. So he's also... Bro- so the, the suspense here is also twofold. Like, he's broken his programming. He's killed somebody that's now in another dimension. And he's on a ship. He's, like, basically a ticking time bomb. Yeah, does he even remember? He's remembering. But no, but do you think that he remembers the, the kill after he's done it? Do you think he knows he did yes. it? I do. I don't think he knows. I think that he's fractured. I, I don't think, think that he – I think that he now has two distinct personalities and Vogue knows that it happened, but I don't think Ash knows. Interesting. I, the only reason I say that is because of and, and the, the preview footage for next week. There's a he, shot. Uh, but where, I'm saying, I'm saying behind, in the moment, Burnham and, yes, he, and he, he like very he has this look. Yeah, it's like. But that, for all you know, again, that's you know, you never know when the personality's poking through. So I mean, that's you know, that was my perception of it. But I guess we'll see where that yeah. goes. But, um, but I, I have a question first. Go ahead, go ahead. How do you guys feel about bringing the mirror universe back again, especially this early in the in the proceedings? I mean, because it's, yeah. it's, it's almost like Trek shorthand, right? Like, you, you, you throw in the Mirror Universe. People are like, oh, the Mirror Universe. And I remember all these things that I liked about the previous Mirror Universe episodes. And it kind of, I don't know. It, it, I'm not going to say it's cheap, you know, because I don't think it's cheap. But it's just, it's, it's, I don't know how to feel about the fact that we're back in the Mirror Universe again yeah, My, my eight ninety nine a month says it's, it's not cheap, but. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. But, no, I felt that way a little bit, and then I wondered whether or not that was a Frakes decision, because it's something he's familiar with. And Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who they who they sat down and spoke with and decided to do that. I'm not against it. Um, I mean, I love Mirror Mirror stuff. I think that we've gotten some of the best Star Trek stories. The original Mirror Mirror is great. The only actual, I mean, the closest thing we get to a Next Generation Mirror Mirror episode is yesterday's Enterprise, which is often considered to be in the top three best episodes of that show. And I, I mean... The Deep Space Nine Mirror Mirror stuff is, yeah, is no, I so, agree. Is so good. The Intendant, my fa- my favorite, my favorite version of Kira, the evil bisexual, which is problematic, <laughs> but still such a no, favorite. This, basically, what, uh, what Danny is talking about his his dream, his goals in life. Oh, <laughs> listen, I can't. Yes, every time I watch episodes with her, I'm like, I want to be. I'm like, I feel seen. <laughs> Like, like so relatable. You completely, I am the evil bisexual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just. But yeah. I. But to answer your question, um, um, Adam, I do. I do think. I did think it was a little bit of a shorthand. Um, I did think it was a little bit early in the season, but I also wondered whether or not they did it on purpose because of everything that's happening in reality. Right. That they decided, hey, now would be a perfect time. A lot of people are like going to see this episode because of like when it falls, people are home. There's, it's, it's a holiday weekend and things like that. Even though you know it was last week or whatever, there's a lot of people are going to see it. And I think it, they might have felt this is just my opinion that you know, hey, let's show what this could really be like if we keep going in this direction. It's entirely possible. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. I would even go so far as to say that it, it's likely. Uh, but. Two questions. One is a little more fun, and then we can have a little bit of the serious uh, conversation. They mention an emperor that we haven't seen. That's mm-hmm. right. Who the emperor? Well, that was my question. Who the emperor? And I, I, my initial speculation was that it was going to be a previous version of Trek cast member. I don't know who, whether it be Patrick Stewart or Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula was my first thought. Um, 
because he's probably available. But um, that's that's cold. I'm wow. so, that's, oh, that was me. Wow. No, no, no. I love the back. I love the backs. I, I love feel Scott the appropriate Bakula. response to that is, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, I bet exactly. You, I bet you he's got a, he's got an avatar of Scott Bakula in that game. You know what? Too. And he's actually working, so he's doing. I shouldn't say that. Isn't that was, he doing that was a cruel like joke. NCI New Orleans? Exactly. Or the stuff? man. The man has a career. I should, uh, a very robust career, and that was a that was just not nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Scott Bakula. Neither yeah. are his hair plugs. I, who but I we'll love leave that alone. Quantum Leap. And, I don't know if that really Enterprise matches up with the Enterprise Mirror Mirror episodes. Yeah, though. I know. Um, so I don't know. I'm not sure so, about that. But I, w- I would not be surprised to see a former member of a former Star Trek cast member. In that would be scene. interesting. What if it's William Shatner? Oh my God! What if? Could you imagine? Well, he's gone evil on Twitter, so maybe oh, he could be exactly. evil in real life. It would be pretty mind blowing. I have to say, um, y- there's a lot of cool ideas, and I definitely like that. Would be a mixed response for me because definitely uh, Bill and I differ greatly on our political leanings. But man, if it was William Shatner, I think I would lose my mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's and there's a lot of little things that they hearken to that I I will say even though this. Did, w- it was a dark episode. It did have a lot of um, moments. Like I, when Tilly, like, oh my goodness, was projecting her mom and was so, like, "I'm going to be evil." And yeah. Captain can, Killy, I'll cut out your tongue and I'll you know use it to lick my boots. It was really funny. I was like, "Wow!" And then the other little moment, which I thought was definitely a Frakes thing, was when um, Jason Jason Isaacs, who's Gabriel Lorca, when they can't be seen and he has to pretend to be the engineer. And he does a oh, Scottish yeah. accent, like yeah. Scotty. It was very smart. <laughs> was I like, love that. That's it was a great cute. touch. That's very cute. Yeah, and I really, you know, I have to say, uh, I mean, I'm sure it was scripted, but I actually thought of the, the directorial, the, of the aesthetics. I loved, if you talk about how dark it got, the end where you've got, the on the one hand, this Michael Ash thing going on, wherein it's complex, but clearly they love each other and are trying to survive this event. And meanwhile, there's Lorca in the torture chamber, and that's pretty much where you end. Yeah, like that's bleak. Yeah, like damn. Yeah, and also the and also Sonequa Martin Green actually who plays Michael. I will say, if you've watched this from the entire season from the beginning, she's actually had a very decent arc because it was really interesting to see her in this episode, like almost in tears, like I don't like being this person. I don't yeah. like it here. You know, I want to go. Being so human, where when we first met her, right. she was raised detached. by yeah. Vulcans, so she was very detached, very like, we would probably almost say, uh, maybe on the spectrum almost, because she really didn't know interpersonal communication very well without offending people, because she just had not been raised that way. So her character is taking quite a bit of an arc. Um, well, and I have to wonder, too, you're talking about Lorca in the, in the uh, what do you call that chamber? The torture chamber. The torture chamber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the... Given that so much of one character's story, and you know, now we're here f- figuring out it's something different, but up to this point has been about torture and PTSD. Like, how is Lorca going to come out of this episode the same, or this situation the same person? He won't. You I, know, yeah, if the I'm show sure if the show did. plays by its rules, there has to be some serious well, consequences. But here's yeah. the thing: remember, in I think it was episode three or four, when he sees the um, the commander, and she says to him. Like, look, I'm here to just check on you because you've never dealt with your PTSD. He's been tortured before, right. which is why he has to stay in darkness. His eye, whatever happened to him, his eyes were damaged. So he's been through torture before, which is what leads me to believe that maybe Lorca is actually from the Mirror Universe. That is my theory. I think that, that, is, that, is, that sounds like one of my crazy, like Luke Skywalker's evil kind of theories. I'm not convinced, but if you're right. You'll get to, you'll get to inherit all of these thinking. accolades. That's why I say yeah. crazy Outlanders things, yes. just in case I'm right. It would be cool. That would I've, be a pretty I, wild I think, development. I think he's been through this torture before. I mean, he's definitely been through stuff before. And But I, I do think that um, they've set up this idea that he's been going to a progressively um, more complex place where he can't trust himself. And I think that this is only going to continue mm. that particular storyline for him. Uh, but to me, the... The big story. Well, another thing Go I just ahead. want to shout out really fast before we get into the serious yeah. bigger discussion is that the fight scene in the elevator in the in the I thought it was great. Yeah, it was for for like Star Captain Trek America level great. hand. Oh like, yeah, like that is not you know double <laughs> axe, that is not double axe handle to the Gorn's back William Shatner style fighting. Yeah. Like, and I'm I'm a person who's particularly picky about this kind of thing. It's like if two people are trying to kill each other, I want to see them 
It's messy. It's never like, oh, we're just slapping our hands. See? And there it is again. That. See that torture chamber? Yeah. I'm telling you. So, yeah. it's, so it was really cool to see that in a trek, that type of fight. Okay, I'm done. Let's talk about All serious right. topics. I mean, listen, we've talked about this a number of times in relation to other franchises, but I do want to touch very quickly on the fact that, um, again, Dr. Hugh Culber and Paul Stamets are the first gay couple in the history of Star Trek, the first official, like, canonical, we're actually acknowledging it, gay couple. It's the first time it's happened. And now at least the perception is that Hugh is dead and Paul is out of his mind and and probably also physically ill from using the spore drive with no sort of sign in sight that he's going to get completely better. We don't know what's going to happen in either of those cases, but we do know that there exists a stroke, which is bury your gaze, which just to say that statistically, queer characters are much more likely to be killed off than their straight counterparts. And to feed that particular trope is to feed into the real world this very damaging concept, this thing. Like, we don't want to see our LGBTQIA characters or people represented primarily in this way. And so when this happened, there was a very visceral reaction which relates to you know, I yelled this out conversation. Loud. I was like, oh my God. And, and I also didn't know, I was like, but why was this necessary? I don't know. Like, I, knocking I him know. unconscious, maybe. I really hate that term when it comes to storytelling. Necessary? Yeah. Okay. Nothing is necessary. It, okay. It's, and, and it's like, I mean, this is my personal take no, 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 on I it. Like, hear it. I it's hear just, it. and it's, I just feel like people use it, and I'm not saying you're doing that necessarily but i feel like a lot of times people use it to talk about something they don't like and it's like that's how they're choosing to tell the story and nothing that happened in the story is necessary it's all fiction it all came out of this person's head to create this arc that they're telling so whether it's good or bad is is one thing but like to me the term necessary implies that there's some like absolute uh standard for these types of things that people need to adhere to and i I think it's not and then again you can I, i i won't debate whether it's it's a good decision or a bad decision or you know could no, have, no this is all yeah, opinion yeah yeah opinion. it's all so that's that's kind of where I come from with that like and I think the thing the thing that's been very interesting about this and I you know given what we talked about we've had these discussions about the 100 recently and all that stuff um, you know my first reaction after watching the episode was to go online and be like what are people saying about this and how is this not you know a huge thing and and man the showrunners are going all in and I hope to God that they are right. <laughs> but isn't but isn't this the most interesting aspect about it? And that's yeah, because is the, they know, are they are very clearly and and definitively saying trust us. Right. They I are. Mean, and, yeah. and but all this the is the thing is that people have been burned in the past. But yeah. what I will say is this <sighs> we're living in a time culturally and this is what's sort of fascinating when you talk about is this necessary or not. It's more about, I think, in my mind, the consequences. Right. Mm-hmm. You do this you kill a character in this way, and not only is it that you have to consider um, what the real world result of that is, uh, but also the fact that, yeah, now you're in a place where, uh, unless you want to get dragged for it, now you're going to have to immediately talk about it. Yeah. You know, I didn't see the episode in the night. I was going to watch it in the morning, and literally I woke up and my phone basically told me the spoiler oh, so i need it i mean it's i mean i'll live you know what i mean like spoilers don't yeah, really we, bother we, me too much but, occupational hazard yeah, yeah I was no, say, in this line of work yeah but yeah i mean it, it to the point that yes it has to immediately talk, be talked about and it really impacts the way we experience a narrative and that's another thing that's happening i just think that we're living in a time where yeah like if you do a thing like that immediately you have to have press releases out and and sort of talk it through and figure out what the next steps both are within the show and then outside of the show in a way that I don't think that we've ever really had right. before. So when I, when I wonder whether or not it's necessary, I think for me it's more is does it end up being worth it? And I right. guess we'll find out. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is Because apparently, and I can't remember who, I read an interview this morning about this where they said that they went over this with Glad, mm-hmm. which I thought was really fascinating. Uh, I'm glad (laughs) not to, I didn't do that intentionally, but I'm happy that they, there was that level of awareness that they should, you know, check in and make sure that they're not doing damage, you know, and whether, you know, I I just think that that was a good step. I don't know. Again, and I feel like we're at the beginning of a story that from everything that's being said, 
there's a lot more to come on. So hopefully, think- hopefully they follow through on that because they, they really set themselves up to be dragged hard if they do not follow through on it and, in the yeah, way that they're so. promising to. But also, I think the, the other thing we have to keep in mind is because the, just like we said, occupational hazard, we, we, especially on this show, we talk about these different things. We talk about, like, why do we think they did that? And what is, you know, the, the you know, we get we get tired and fatigued by seeing LGBTQ characters and people of color killed first or killed to, you know, oh, no, you know, that's the trope that we're going to, we're going to go save them, but they have to die. So what my reaction was very interesting. First, I was like, the, actually, my first reaction was like, what? My second reaction was Danny is somewhere having a fit right now. <laughs> and then, the, <laughs> and then the, my third reaction was like, I hope this doesn't turn into the POC that dies every season. Because I actually had an issue yeah. when they killed Commander Landry. And that's the Indian um, actress, um, Rekha Sharma, who was their commander in episode three. I was like, what? Wait a minute. Because she was such a kick-ass character. And she was like looking at Burnham like, please, like Klingon or whatever, I could take you. Like she was awesome. And I was really upset when she was killed. So it was like, my reaction was like, oh God. Because many times what does happen is in, in when people are having these kinds of discussions. They go, but wait, look, there's Michael Burnham. There's a black woman. Why are you, why are you upset? It's like, because it's not Highlander. There doesn't have to be only one. Yeah. And so, so it's like trying to, that was my visceral reaction. But then I did the same thing. Adam did. I went right to the internet and it hit me that, wait, people aren't screaming about this. Why is, why is there no screaming? Mm-hmm. And then I was reading like the uh, Brian Fuller com- um, comments and the fact they were like, trust us. Also, the fact that um, the um, his his husband um, Anthony Rapp, uh, I always say his name wrong. Stamets. Stamets. Um, Stamets has. I personally think like he's God status now. I think that the spore drive. Yes, it's beyond human comprehension what he's been able to do and see, but he's clearly seeing things in a uh, brand stark sort of way Could like be. he's like yeah. i can see oh, yeah. everything he's, he's the i am okay. yeah like he's the three-eyed raven kind of thing now and i think that i personally think that he's going to be able look we we saw a klingon have their bones and their dna restructured to become a human why can't we fix somebody's neck right and yeah. put and put their put their nerves back together we don't right. know there's and we've that got- there's you know we're already in, an, in a world of parallel universes mm-hmm. with multiple versions of characters that exist and you know the idea, not just that there's the mirror universe, but that there's a lot of different universes. So it's not it's not going to be evil Wilson Cruz, you know. So I, I, there's a lot of ways that they can go with it. I'm glad. I, I well, I can't say I'm glad because I don't know yet, but I, I'm hopeful that it will have meaning in some way because they're saying it is, and they're really putting the, like themselves on the line to say that. Right. And I would hope that they wouldn't say that without the, without the, backup. To say it, you know, without the, the, the substance. But I also think the reason why people are not yelling and screaming, the reason why we are trusting this, is because it makes a difference when there is a death of an LGBTQ character or a person of color on a show, and there's <clears throat> those people are represented in the writers' room. So I right. think we are willing to trust a little bit because they're there and they're going, no, 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 trust us. We know that we know. Stay with us. And people are like, all right, Brian. Fingers crossed. We'll find so out. Saying, you that have, is that is it. So we'll stay. We'll stay tuned in the, in the weeks, <laughs> the weeks to come, and I guess we'll see what's going to happen. Hey, do you want to take uh, what is going to be the first of many victory laps, real quick, <laughs> for Black Panther? <laughs> Boy, it's just. I mean, like, no one in this room is surprised. <laughs> I know that's right, but Black Panther ta- ticket sales, excuse me, went on sale this week. Twenty four hours. Fantago said no Marvel movie ever came close. Well, can I just tell you how funny it was? Because I was actually walking onto the set of Blast and people were like getting ready to do stuff. And I'm like, guys, tickets are on sale. And everybody just dropped what they were doing and went to their phones and their computers and their laptops. And I, I got, um, I remember somebody saying to me like the next day, like, hey, listen, when do you think you're going to buy tickets? I'm like, bought late. <laughs> I was like, I bought six tickets for Thursday last night. Where you been? So like, yeah, there's a lot of people. I know people who were like having Panther parties. I know people who were buying out movie theaters. Like, it's an event. And it was really funny because um, somebody was saying very recently, and we were also talking about superhero fatigue. And they were talking about superhero fatigue and the, it's going to be the end of these superhero movies. And I'm like, 
not not until after Black Panther, then maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you Panther can do whatever after first. that, but but I also think that right now people are want to be excited about something and are so hyped about something because. Like I said, reality kind of sucks right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm all for it. But yeah, it, I, I am not surprised. And they, they said they were, it's the most pre-sold tickets. In the first 24 in hours. In the first 24 hours of a, any Marvel movie any or Marvel. Captain yes. America. Okay, no, any Marvel every, movie. Any Marvel movie. They passed Civil War. Right. Which previously held that title. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, it's very exciting to know that that has happened. I believe that that movie is going to make a whole lot of money. And it was just... I mean, we were. I remember because we were, again, and that's the the backseat of that same cab uh, that we talked about at the top. Adam was like, "Oh, we need to buy the tickets." And I was like, "Shh." Yep. And we yeah, we immediately How long sat were down you in, in the back cab? cab. We were just sharing <laughs> the cab right home. We both, we both live in the same neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. That's it. There's nothing you know. Don't infer any. Geez. I'm not inferring anything. Where we were going, we didn't need roads. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh. Anyway, so we uh, we both bought the tickets and the, yeah, at the, and already we could see the very first showing because Adam is a. Is a wuss, and he has to have the uh, the science seats. That's Gotta right. have those reserved. Oh no, seats. no, I'm just like him. That's why people were saying to me, like, I don't wait in line. Thank you. No, no, I'm not waiting in line. Give me a break. Yeah, no. Wow, also, wow, wow. I I refuse. I don't fly. Um, um, what is it? Uh, there's an airline that does that where you buy your ticket and then you just kind of run in like oh, a steam. Is no. there really? That no. sounds like what? It sounds Southwest. like hell. It is hell. Oh, it's horrible. It's hell. See, it so, sounded like hell, so I just assumed it was spirit. Yeah. <laughs> came so, for you. Honestly, no, I'm just I'm just like Adam and people tease me if they go, "Oh, I'll wait online for you." I'm like, "Loser." Like, I'm not waiting on a line. <laughs> I'm not waiting on a line. I'm not I'm not even waiting in line for the popcorn. Like, I'll buy that Bougie. out of time okay. and be like, "Bring it to me." That's why if <laughs> honestly, the only reason why I'm not seeing this at the Alamo and for those people who don't know, the Alamo is one of those theaters where you can actually watch a movie and then order dinner and drinks yeah. and things like that. And if you get caught with the cell phone on, you're out. Oh, yeah. The only reason why I'm not doing it is I never see f- a first look of a movie there because I don't want somebody standing in front of me with food okay. if something yeah. is happening. Yeah. But the second and third time I see this, oh, it's totally going to be the Alamo. Because I just, I, I just I'm, I'm not waiting in line. And also you get to see, you know you where you want to sit. You get to see the seating the chart. Seats. This is just like we getting on a good. plane. Yeah. I'm not... We managed it. We managed it. Just yeah, but I just, just managed. We got there. They just, I, they have just done nothing. I mean, like, I have my criticisms of Marvel, and I do have superhero fatigue on a certain level. And I really hope there's not a scene where, you know, Black Panther fights hordes of faceless minions for no reason, <laughs> like they do in, in a lot of these other movies. So they tend to do that more in the group movies. Mm-hmm. But um, other, but man, they have just every step. I feel like with this movie has been right. And, There's and been smart. literally one misstep, and Which it also like, happened this week. What was that? Um, that? There was a Disney pin that dropped. Did you see the pin? Yeah, and the funny thing, I did what see the are pin, we doing? but I actually thought what was it was it? a pin where, like, instead of him having the eyes completely covered up, and it was from, like, a mug or something, yeah, but they messed up the skin tone, and, and like, this, you see his eyes and a little bit of the flesh, and it's clearly a white person's skin. <laughs> and I was like, what are we? All right. Well, honestly, the, thing, that that, the, thing, that, no, the, honestly, the thing with that is I didn't talk about it because I literally thought it was fake. I literally thought it was like, you know how like a lot of things will come out and have fake paraphernalia sure, and sure, sure. stuff? Yeah. So I really didn't think it was a Disney-sanctioned thing until Disney apologized. And then I was like, well, I got light-skinned cousins, but all right, okay. <laughs> yeah. I just... <laughs> I just uh, Listen, you hire Ryan Coogler and Chadwick Boseman That's and Nyong'o yeah, yeah, yeah. and Michael B. Jordan it's a, and Kendrick it's a, Lamar, and I, I'm willing to let the pin go. It's a pretty minor infraction. Like that, yeah, I don't think it's going to stop the momentum, but just like there was a moment where like... Can you spot it was you know it's like it's like highlights magazine like can you yeah. spot the mistake in this photo? The, the only other thing, and that's the the other reason why I didn't talk about it was because there's been a lot of little clickbaity things happening. Of course, like the the one thing that was going on about um, not actually Ryan Coogler but Michael B. Jordan, his girlfriend is white and oh, she's geez. not; she's Latina. Oh yeah, and then is... all of a sudden, black women are boycotting. Oh, the, the movie. internet! But what was really yeah. funny was the amount of people who were in my mentions like, "Why are you boycotting?" I'm like, "What? Why would I be boycotting Black Panther? What is happening?" And and one, I thought it was funny that the, the these particular people that were talking to me thought I was like the voice of all black women on the planet, which I thought was hysterical. And then the that's second, why. You, wait a minute, that's why you're here. Right, are you? That's you are the I, all woman. I am the only. Right. <laughs> Thank you. I should. I need to ask for more money. Yeah. Anyway, so the, <laughs> so but the thing that was hilarious about it was everybody's reactions. I was like, this is not a thing. Like, no, I'm buying my tickets just like everybody else. I'm going to be front row. And friends were like, yeah, I don't. What, what is this? And it turned out that it was literally 
a troll account on Twitter, which a lot of people are aware of it, that's a troll account, that news reporters just kind of ran with. They'd made some artwork. They'd said some stuff. And I'm like, see, this is why you got to check your sources, guys. Come on. Yeah. Do better. Yeah. You know, yeah, but, it's a victory lap week for Black Panther. That's really oh the, bo- the bottom line, yeah. right? It's just another another series. Yeah, they put out like a little teaser clip again to announce that the tickets were out, and it was yeah. like just another, just more footage for me to love. I just hope it's really good. I hope it's no, I do good. too. I think the only thing I may have a problem with is Bozeman's accent because it kind of goes in and out. Mm. But besides that, I can't see. I mean, honestly, the costumes look amazing. The, the yeah. effects look amazing. I'm hoping. I'm sure because we're us. We'll find something. (laughs) But I think for the most part, I think it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think I'm maybe trying pretty light on my criticisms, but you know. uh, Thank God it's going to make so much money. It is. It's going to make so much money. And And I really hope that studios take the right lessons Yeah, just learn a lesson. And then they'll nominate it for a musical. Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) How do you know it's not a musical? True, because Kendrick is involved. Yeah, Kendrick is involved. Let me tell you something. It's sung through. That's the surprise. If the Dora Milaje break out in song, I'm leaving. There you go. All right. Well, from from Black Panther to Black Widow. <laughs> Whoa, man! I saw what you did there. Look at yeah. that alliteration. Yeah, this is um, a, this is the blackest episode. It of, really is. I, <laughs> yes, ever had. Black, Black Black Widow. The, the I mean, uh, yep, it's happening. Um, so they're. It seems as though they're going to make a movie. They have announced the uh, the scriptwriter for it, uh, Jack Schaefer, who is known for doing. Um, there's a sci-fi film that I'd seen when it came out called Timer. Which starred Emma Caulfield, who was um, was Anya on Buffy, which is the reason why I saw it. Uh, but he hasn't doesn't have a lot of other like huge credits to his name. But they've announced him. They are, it seems, making a Black Widow movie. And as far as I can tell, um, what's interesting about this story is that there's sort of this interesting mix. Because on one hand, you know, eight years ago, Scarlett Johansson and and Natasha entered the MCU in Iron Man 2 and pretty much instantaneously there was a conversation about like oh this character could get their own movie and then that built steam for a little while and then somewhere in between 2016 and 2017 there started to be some blowback to Age of Ultron and Scarlett Johansson some things that she had said and the whitewashing in Ghost in the Shell and now that they're saying at Marvel uh hey we're going to make a Black Widow movie. It seems like at least some people are having this response of, yeah, but is that still what we want? So I don't know. It's it's been a, it's a very mixed reaction is what I've seen. Well, I, I also think – I think that the um, – I think that the reaction was timed very interestingly because like you said – They've just attached a writer, and they're just really beginning to talk about this, which I think think is an interesting time to say, hey, we're doing this, as opposed to this is locked in, we have a date. I think it's because the trailer to Red Sparrow dropped this Mm, week, mm -hmm. um, which is the new uh, Jennifer Lawrence movie, which in the trailer anyway, because editing does a lot, in the trailer looks like a Black Widow movie. It was interesting the way this came out and the way it was dropped and when it was dropped because there was a lot of people talking about the Red Sparrow trailer, the Jennifer Lawrence movie, this week. And that movie looks like a Black Widow movie, at least in the trailer it does anyway. So I think it's interesting that after all this fever on online and press and, and fans and social media and everybody's like, oh, this is it. This is what we, Marvel hasn't been able to do. That They were like, actually, yes, yeah. we have one too, we actually do have a Black Widow movie yeah, for you. Yeah, that's the ticket. Right. Um, honestly, I don't... I mean, I I hated the whole Ghost in the Shell thing, but I don't think... I think everybody's used to seeing Scarlett Johansson as Natasha. I don't have a problem with her playing in a solo movie. I mean, I've wanted that for her for a while. So if I, I don't think she is the problem. I think like it, the fact that it's taken this long to do it. But I think everybody was taking a look at uh, movies like Wonder Woman to see if they succeed, to see, oh, okay, which is dumb because I think it could have succeeded before that. But with the success of a female lead superhero movie that maybe, you know, oh, well, yes, we should... Yes, amongst the DCEU of films that have had a lot of blowback, it was the one that both made money and was critically successful. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, too, that, I mean... Marvel now is playing with house money, but Black Widow, in the comics at least, isn't an A-lister, I would say. I mean, Iron Man wasn't an A-lister I, Well, no, he wasn't, time, but I'm saying know. nowadays. I don't know. It's, it's And 
the other thing is Marvel has really not done a non. I guess Tony Stark isn't really a superhero, but he's got technology that defies everything we know. Like a, a Black Widow movie is going to be more like a spy thriller, I would imagine. It would be, yeah. So that's that's a different track for Marvel a little bit, assuming that's what, where they go with it. So I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I agree that it's overdue. I'm not certainly not saying that it's not overdue. Um, I mean, geez, Scarlett Johansson has proven her ability to sell an action movie and to lead an action movie more than once. So, um, I, I wonder which um, iteration um, they're going to go with. The Edmund, uh, the Edmondson um, run was a good one. Yeah. So if they go with that one, and that is sort of modernized, quote unquote, um, I don't know how it would tie into the rest of the MCU. I mean, look, they gave Hawkeye a family with kids and a farm, so I don't. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to. Doesn't do. necessarily have to track with <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the. Looks so we're going to have Red Sparrow, and then we're going to have Black Widow. And then there's going to be a crossover event, red versus black. Oh, black and red. Black and red. Red and black. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think this could happen. Yet. Disney's going to buy whoever. Who's putting out Red and, Sparrow? I'm sure Disney will buy them, <laughs> and uh, then we'll have a crossover movie. There you go. You're going to buy first. Me. That's my wait, crackpot and then, theory. And then, and then Deadpool will just show up in the middle and exactly. there you go. tie there everything you together. Black there you go. versus red versus dead. Both. Oh, okay. cool. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, it's versus, amazing that I don't run a Hollywood and studio. <laughs> and then Kamala Khan shows up, and there's a Star movie, and then there's. I'm just naming movies that I want to see now. Never mind. Um, all right. Well, I guess we'll look forward to it. I mean, do you think it's really going to happen? Do you think they'll actually make it at this point? I guess that's the that is my big question. I think, I think now that they've you know shown their hand, they have to. I think people. Are but I mean, it's going to be like phase six, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, that we're talking. <laughs> I mean, it seems pretty like it'll be assuming like we're not all working in the, assuming we're all not working in the salt mines of our alien overlords by then. Then, yeah, sure. I think it might yeah. happen. I mean, Sony's out here in Brazil, like really saying Tom Hardy's going to be Venom. So if that can happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess. I guess. Yeah. At this point, I feel pretty confident that it that it, it will. And I I can't well, tell if I'm surprised or not yet. But and if it doesn't do it well, will. if it doesn't do well, they'll just, you know, basically turn it into a. Uh, a, a limited miniseries and put it on Netflix or something. Maybe yeah. there'll be a Black Widow movie and her sidekick will be Adrian Pilecki. Really? Not, 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 not the actress, but her character. Mockingbird. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going to have her show up. She's actually playing the dead girlfriend, Jared, Jared Padalecki from the first season of Supernatural. Oh my God. It's crazy. It's a yeah. huge, huge crossover event that nobody saw coming, but Supernatural I, prints money. So Can I just tell you how badly I want to see a Daughters of the Dragon? On Netflix, like I would really much rather see the, with the actresses well, we that have than now. Iron, for sure. Yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. If he wasn't in there, we could have the daughters of the, yeah, man. the dragon. No question. Um, I would almost rather see that than a second season of Luke Cage. Wow! Ooh. If Luke Cage is going to be like it was in the back half of his first season. Oh, with too many people. No, and and oh, I, I, with, with this diamonds, is we, this diamonds. is a much more discussion. You, but I'm not going to defend. You, I, hey, you, I loved the first half of Luke no, Cage. No, I did too. I loved it, and then when a certain actor was no longer on the show at from that point on, and they replaced him with someone who was well, either written horribly or directed horribly or something. But wow, did that show nosedive for me. So anyway, there's all my right. controversial statement. There you go. You, you, As we you, back out of the room you slowly. Said that. Uh, <laughs> all right. So that is, that, that is it. We want to hear what you, you think uh, about all these topics. Black Panther, Black Widow, Star Trek, Golden Globes, everything. Black Hogwarts, please, please search yes. that hashtag and let me know what your favorite one was. I will was. be buying a wand this weekend. Yeah. Um, Other things. Oh, you Disney's got wand money? Okay. <laughs> That was one. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for joining me this week. Uh, thank you all for listening. Please remember the most important thing that you can be doing is subscribing to this podcast and also leaving a review. It helps us do what we do and do it better. Make sure you're listening to the other sci-fi podcasts, uh, Fandom Files and um, Strong, Strong Female, female characters. characters. And uh, yeah, before we wrap up, do you guys want to just say where people can find you online? You can find me, Karima, um, at The Blur Girl, T-H-E-B-L-E-R-G-G-U-R-L, everywhere. And don't forget, tomorrow on Saturday, I will be taking over the Sci-Fi Snapchat. And by the way, folks, it's Sci-Fi TV. Don't just go to Sci-Fi on Snapchat. Sci-Fi TV. 
Um, and if you have trouble finding it, go to my Instagram, and you, the snap code is sitting right there waiting for you. And I don't know if I should tell people where to find me after I knock Luke Cage. <laughs> so, it's okay. It's he'll okay. be in the back of a cab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a cab to nowhere. No, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RockTheFaces. Before I sign off, I, I just want to acknowledge that we've talked about a lot of the political angles of the different conversation topics that we had today. And I know that a lot of the time we go online hoping that we're going to get relief and we get anything but. And I want to remind you that David Letterman's new Netflix series, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction, debuted today. And he spoke with the 44th president of the United States, Barack Obama. And they also spoke with Georgia Representative John Lewis, largely because this coming Monday is Martin Luther King Day. And John Lewis talked about marching at Selma, and Obama said that he had no doubt that those 20,000 brave men and women carried him over that bridge to the presidency, that they carried all of America across that bridge. And in 2018, it feels like we're standing on that bridge again. I can feel it, and I, I know you can too. And it's scary knowing the weight of that responsibility, wondering if... We have the strength and the courage to carry America across that bridge. But just remember, we're standing on that bridge together, and courage is contagious. So, if you're wondering if we can do this, in the immortal words of Barack Obama, yes, we can. My name is Danny Roth, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Danny Ordinary. That's Danny with one M. Ordinary also with one N. And this has been Who Won the Week. Thank you for winning our week. And we'll see you here again next week.